What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with the latest episode of Real Estate Uncensored. And as always, this is the place where you get actionable ideas, insight, and inspiration to turn your real estate career into a life of freedom. Some of my favorite people are on the podcast today. We have the uh, the Junior Grandmaster himself is here, the Evil Ball Ninja is here, and of course, the incomparable, the irrepressible, the totally technologically incompetent Coach Hank Avink is here today. <laughs> uh, we've had quite a time. Not not due to anything Hank did, actually, but uh, we've had quite a time getting the episode to record, to get it to broadcast, but we're here, and we're going to do a powerful, packed 30-minute episode if we can hopefully stay on track, because we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about, as always. So, first of all, Greg McDaniel, what's up today? Lots and lots of really cool stuff, dude. Uh, you posted a really, really cool link. You and I uh, made it on the top 34 best training videos on HubSpot. Uh, we came roaring in at spot number 27. Now, some of you are going to scoff at us and say, oh, you only made 27. Well, fuck you. We beat out Ty Lopez, Gary, Gary Vanderchuk, and Tony Robbins. So suck it, Trebek. I'm very excited about this. We deserve this, and I am so excited about it because I'm pretty sure I swallowed crack pills on that video because I was on point. Or I just talked to Hank prior to. I'm not sure which one. Maybe both. Mm -hmm. But anyways, we got yeah. a jam-packed thing. Hank is having a hell of a morning. So, uh First, Evil Ball Ninja, welcome. And Hank, hope your day goes better, buddy. <laughs> so, but, oh, Hank, man. Hank, you had a very interesting way to, uh, you wanted to restart your day. So what did you do? Because I really think this is pretty interesting. Well, you know, I, I look at, um, your my energy is important to me. So I do everything to protect it. And, and from the moment we woke up, we woke up late. My kid didn't want to go to school. So we pivoted. I took him out to coffee. Um, long story short, nothing's gone as planned. So when I got home, I asked my wife, if she wanted to make out. She said, no. So I went and took a shower instead. Um, <laughs> and, and so I literally went right back through my morning routine as if the morning was starting, if, if the day was starting fresh. And, uh, it just because it, I'm like an athlete and athletes go through the same routine over and over again. And I just wanted to start a pattern interrupt and a shower does that along with yep. a little self warm. Yep. Yes. It's uh. Yeah. Well, we'll keep that one in the back burner for now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna gloss. Right, I'm gonna gloss over that so fast. It's gonna be like uh, like the guy on in curling, making sure that that ice is nice and smooth. I'm gonna gloss right over that. All right. So uh. So I do something similar minus the self love part. Uh. So when when I get done with the workout in the afternoon, I I do the same thing where I kind of mentally go through my morning routine again the exact same reason. So I stack my mornings like 7 a.m. to noon. I want those to be as productive as humanly possible. And most of my income generating activities, at least in the short term, are stacked in those five hours of the day. Then I want to eat lunch, completely mentally and emotionally disconnect. I want to work out, physically disconnect. And then I want to shout, like do that morning routine over again. Because then if I can restart the day and I can reactivate that energy, I can get into a zone where I can do another mm, maybe one to two hours of like high cognitive work that builds something for the future. Like no calls, no podcasts, like just go to Starbucks, get in front of the computer and build something for the future. Um, but yeah, if I don't, if I don't go through that sequence and I find myself at two or three o'clock in the afternoon and I haven't like disconnected and I haven't worked out, I'm burned out. Like I don't have more high cognitive energy left to give unless I restart the day. The key is the cognitive energy because what we do, I mean, using the brain power that we use to have the productivity that we have, it's it's a high level. And I don't think a lot of people get um, what that does when you're actually using your time and not just wasting it. 
Yeah, that's agreed. True. Yeah, if you're floating through your morning, that's one thing. But yeah, I mean, if you're making decisions, if you're, you know, Gene, if you're on the phone working with clients and you're helping talk them through decisions and things like that, talking with your team, making decisions for your own company and internally, yeah, like it, it just, people have no idea until you get into that realm of using your brain in that way, just how like mentally taxing it is, mentally and emotionally taxing. Yep. Yeah. So I love that. So restarting your day. All right. So what else? Uh, when you when you wake up and and things are not going right, so you have the option of restarting your morning routine. Let's let's say that option is taken away from you. Your your day is packed. So you're you're three hours into a, a a shit day, but you don't have any option. You're booked out for the rest of the day with calls and meetings and things like that. Or maybe you're one of your coaching clients that's having a a really bad day, but you're booked out with listing appointments and meetings with clients and things like that. You don't have the option of restarting, at least not in that way. What would you tell them? What's your best advice for that situation? Well, a couple of different things. One, I think self-awareness around where you're at and not trying to um, snowball yourself on, on what it is or what it isn't. So um, a, a typical song can bring back a feeling like that. Yet for me, it's perspective. So if you have perspective um, and you're feeling sorry for yourself, you're not feeling the energy, I find that gratitude or perspective are the next route that I go. So for example, I got a buddy right now, his four-year-old's going to cancer. And I think to myself, oh, what Jesus. am I going to tell Kevin as to why I'm not doing the shit that I need to be doing? And right away, I kind of get a foot right up my ass at, you know, dude, I don't care what you're feeling. Go do your shit. You're an adult. And sometimes you get an adult and don't make more problems than what you already have. Yeah, that's a true fact. And that's a, that's a really good thing is perspective, I think, is one of the bigger things. Uh, Tom Tillier was talking about the same thing. He has a buddy going through some, you know, pretty big health scares and why you aren't out there doing your own your own thing when people are you know can't do certain things so you bitch and moan why you, oh, I don't want to do calls well some people can't afford to do calls oh, I, I can't I don't want to go door knocking some people are in a wheelchair get your bitch ass out there and start doing some doors and I started to do a mantra um, to myself uh, on a consistent basis which has radically transformed uh, not only my day but my mindset uh, and it's it's very simple and uh, I, it's, it's this it's like I'm grateful and honored to um, to enjoy the massive wealth that I've created for myself uh, while living the life of my dreams and helping others achieve their dreams. And I say that to myself. I try to say, say that to myself 10 times an hour on top of the hour. I say it to myself as much as I can. And it's shifted my mindset to be more proactive to help other people achieve their dreams. So that works for me to shift my energy uh, to stop being so selfish about stuff. And Gene, you look like you're about to jump out of your, out of your skin. No, 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 not at all. I, I think it's funny that you just said for people in a wheelchair, get your asses out there and door knock. That was very rude. <laughs> that was rude of you. What the fuck, man? <laughs> and, I'm, and I also want to get back to your suck at Trebek comment, but I'll stick that in a little bit. <laughs> suck at Trebek. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Okay, well, let's uh, – so there's a few ways that you can reset. We talked through some ways for that. Uh, you can definitely give yourself some different perspective. I, I love the idea of moving yourself, uh, like whatever works for you, whatever modality works. Um, you know, I'm very sensitive to music, so I'm kind of that same way where I can kind of move myself through a sequence of two or three songs from aligning with where I'm feeling now and then gradually move it a couple of songs to where I'm feeling better. And, you know, what I'm saying like you kind of like like roll with how you feel now. If you need to play some tool or some Pearl Jam yeah. or whatever. And then you switch over to like gradually lighter and lighter stuff. And you can kind of step yourself down from the way you're feeling and get yourself into a better mindset. So uh, that, that's a quick suggestion um, from, from me if that works for you, if you're sensitive to music. So but I want to get into is, uh, uh, like Enya, Beyonce, Britney, you know, just get that soft vibe. Is that kind of your go-to to kind mm -hmm. of just zen out? Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. You better yeah, work, lots bitch. of 
Lots you of Enya. Work, bitch. You, better work, <laughs> bitch. you better work, bitch. My Brittany. Put a ring on it. If you like, you put a ring on it. <laughs> I, oh, I, you man. know what I find, though? I find for me, music, I'm a huge music guy myself, but if I get into one of those funks, one of those half-hour funks where things are just spiraling down, I sometimes mm-hmm. can't even listen to music. It screws me up. Like, I'd, I would really? actually rather go to the gym, yeah. I rather go. I find that when I'm in that interesting. in that crazy mo- mindset where it's like I'm feeling sorry for myself, when I get to the gym and release those endorphins, that's usually when it helps the most. She does. I had a client a number of years ago, you know, just rage out on me uh, for something I couldn't help, and it really hurt my feelings. So I had a decision. Am I going to go home and drink, or am I going to go work out? And I'm like, you know what? I So I went home. I put on my gym shorts, went to the gym for 30 minutes, and I, and I, and I worked out hard. I mean, hardcore cardio for 30 minutes. Showered, went back to the office. It was a complete energy reset. I felt a million times better right back in my groove because I just blown out ne- that negative energy right out of my system. And it's like it happened in another lifetime, and I was right back at it because my mindset had shifted. Instead of being self-pity and going and doing a destructive activity, I went into a productive activity, and I was able to continue working. It was a, it was an amazing experience. You know, they, they say these – I was talking to a, a psychologist one time, and they were talking about knowing your triggers – and then mm-hmm. and having something sort of like Greg's mantra, like having something at your disposal very quickly that when you recognize those triggers are happening, you can you can do this thing like it doesn't not, you can't right. always get to the gym when you're in a bad mood. Right. Like you're doing mm-hmm. stuff. So we were talking about the psychology behind childhood trauma. And she said, when you when you get into that space, you have to understand what your triggers are so that very quickly you can get out of it. My wife thinks I'm nuts mm-hmm. because. I'm I'm not usually in a bad mood, and when I am, it only takes me a little while to get out of it because I have that like, all right, everything's gonna be cool. I'm being a little bitch. I get it. I gotta <laughs> shake out of this. Everything's gonna be fine. It always works out. But that's yeah. true. I mean, you know how you get that like, I don't want to do this today. <laughs> I hate yeah. I hate working. You know, so <laughs> that that trigger when you can recognize your triggers, I think then it allows you. If tool is your thing, you need to figure out a way to get those earbuds in your ear, crank up some fear inoculum, and get it going. You know, I love yeah, I love exactly. that. Hardcore right. metal music, good shit. All right, Hank, Hank let's get back to you. Uh, so I'm curious. Um, we've talked about kind of how to reset if some, if things aren't already going your way, but but you're one of the best people I know at consistently interrogating your schedule to make sure that it aligns. I actually went back and I listened to the episode that, that we did together. Well, I listened to the one that you and I did together about your coaching business, and then I went back and listened to the one of the last appearances you did on this show where we talked about time management. But I want to get into kind of your approach to you mentioned that you really protect your energy. And, and I've noticed you talking a little bit lately about some, you know, some adjustments like you're taking on some more one on one people and, and stuff like that. So I'm curious, like, what's your latest thinking on how you are interrogating your schedule and protecting your energy like systematically every single day? So I think that um, we need to start with being honest with ourselves. And so after every single interaction with someone, I'll check my energy and. And so if I have a baseline and I get off a phone call with someone and it's, and it's less of an energy, it's okay once. If it happens again, we're going to have a fierce conversation exploring why that's there. I, I believe that my energy is very tune with the other person. If something's not clicking right, a lot of time it's my energy that will pick up that audio is not matching video or there's something more going on that they're maybe not saying. Or maybe that relationship has just run its course. And, yeah. and I have a tattoo right here is. I've been very blessed with having a lot of relationships come into my life and a lot of things and a lot of abundance. And what I find is um, I need to subtract more than you could ever imagine because you only have so much room for Mm -hmm. so many relationships and and so much time and so much energy. 
So I'm consistently assessing who are my A's, who are my B's, where am I giving energy, what gives me energy. And so back to what you were saying as far as the triggers, I have a lot of triggers where I can check things on the micro and very rarely does it lead to the macro. What do you, what do you mean by that? Very rarely does it lead to the, to the macro. So I'm so in tune and checking in with my energy um, on an hourly basis that I have triggers where, hey, two, two interactions with the person has, I have a lesson in energy, I'm getting into action and interrogating whether or not I should be in that relationship. Um, every single month, I look back at everything that I scheduled because I document every single hour that I work, I hold accountable to an outcome, and I mm -hmm. only volunteer 10% of my time. So I'm consistently subtracting things that I say yes to. For example, I'll go back and say, hey, I said yes to this podcast. What was the outcome that I was looking for? I just know that you two are a, a strong relationship for me. So I said yes with no expectations except um, spending time with you. Mm -hmm. um, do do we go into the do we go into the ten percent that you consider volunteer where you, where it's not linked to an outcome or do you have no, just, is it just part of the A's kind of relationship I can stuff? Clarify. When I look back over the last three years, I can connect dots that that there's a huge advantage of us being in relationship. Yet none of us are needy. Yet there's never been a time that one of us has reached out to each other that we haven't been there and stepped right into where we were. We all mm -hmm. know in a heartbeat if we called one of each other, we're like, what do you need? And we're there. However, yeah. we can go two, three, four, or five months with not talking, and it doesn't cause any any stress or energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, because when I when I went back and listened to to your approach to time management, I was really thinking about how to apply it. That was my thought was like holding every hour for the for the hours of the day that you're going to work, which for me is five plus optional, right? Like I want to hold each of those five hours accountable to result. In in your world, it's it's either making a thousand dollars an hour or building something that will, right? So I think for the the one thing that sprung up for me is how do you deal with it where there there is an element of the unknown, which is you're building something that you have faith will have results, but the but it's not really you don't quite know whether it's going to produce the exact results you want to. So you're you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit. You're basically deciding like, no, hey, I know this is going to produce some result, you know. I'm not rolling the dice because I have an equation for that by looking back and connecting that. So with holding every hour accountable, I created what's called the success code. Any new revenue stream that I have, I give three hours a week to because I know it's going to be, I need the commitment on the front end. I need the consistency on the back end because without those two, it's just not going to work. So I created what's called the success code. And the bottom foundation of this, and you can kind of see it behind me as the reminder, first thing is skill set. Anything, Anytime you're starting something new, you need a skill set for it. You need time on task and you need experimentation because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. So you can't call it action, you're experimenting. Now, yeah. when you go through the middle is success, you're looking for a victory. So for example, you're a brand new agent. You're looking to get the skill set of how the hell I even know what paperwork to do. You need time on task. And then you experiment where you go through the success and you get a victory. Someone says, I want to list my home. Once you get that victory, you get confidence. And that's the top square right there. So what mm -hmm. I do is any new in income stream is I spend three hours a week and I focus on the, the base of it. Skill set, time on task, experimentation. And three hours a week consistently, we'll use EXP for example. I started in March of 2016. For 18 months till June of 2017, I made zero money. Zero, none, nada, not existent. I spent three hours a week. And in June of 2017, I saw my first results. Now, once income starts coming in, now we have math behind it. The experimentation turns to activities. 
And now it's just a math equation on what we want to be able to make from it because now we have evidence on input versus output. Right. Until an income stream gets to $10,000 a month, which is my phase one income, it doesn't get any priority for me. It just continues to get that three hours. Once it hits 10,000, that's a pillar post where now all of a sudden we pause and I go to my board of directors and say, okay, now we got another income stream with $10,000, five figures of income. Where are we going to reconfigure our schedule? Because it's about short-term income or long-term income, passive income or active income. What are the gaps that we're looking to do and where do we need time and energy? So that's where then I meet with my advisors. First, it's my wife. Second, I might go to uh, my financial advisor. I might go to my accountant. I might go to my therapist. I might go to somebody that might be involved in it. And every single person in that process will be able to give me feedback. And then I remap out my schedule. So right now, today was to remap out my schedule because I hit some pillar posts. I got some clarity. So now we're saying, okay, where are we going to put the input for the output? And it's yeah. based on the success code. Yeah, it's really interesting. All right, where is this material at? Is this all is all is it still all trapped in your head? Is it in thirty six to life? Where is it at? Yeah, you know, and that's that's one of the challenges. Is so we're coming up on our fourth year in business, and and we've had a lot of success, and and now all of this is in videos and content. Now what we're doing is I formed um, um, the original six. So I've got five coaches have been with me from the beginning, and we're taking this content from my head and videos and putting it in a more clear message deliverable, and um, so. That's where we're going for the next 12 months. Yeah. Uh, is, the, is that going to materialize into a book or a program, do you think? All of it. Do you care? So, All of it. Okay, gotcha. You know, I sat down and I sat down and EXP was looking at buying my coaching company for $6 million. And, and that was a, a fascinating um, process. We made it down in, in front of all the um, decision makers and we had a 33-minute meeting. And at the end of the day, they said it was premature. And I said, well, wait a minute, I was premature and we still had three kids that turned out well. So what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> that was supposed to be funny. So, <laughs> I'm not sure if I should have laughed. There. I'm like, hey, oh, is that bad? Sure, bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yet the reality was, was we now need deliverable. See, most what most people do is they think on an Excel spreadsheet, let's go create this program. Instead, what I did was I went and got clients and helped them get the results. So now we have lots of results from people. Now we're just going to go back, connect the dots and, and make the program into a um, tangible form. So we'll have a book, we'll have materials, we'll have videos, we'll have digital courses, because rather than doing it in theory, we have hundreds of people that have gone through. Um, Travis McIntyre, for example, has been in real estate for two years. He closed 100 transactions using our system. Holy crap. And this dude gave plasma to stay in my coaching program. That's how committed he was. He gave I didn't plasma? Know was he gave plasma every month to be able to pay my coaching fee. Goodness. Damn. That's a dead, I mean, that, that's not interested. That's committed. That's really you should have. You, you should actually interview him. The dude's yeah. a beast. He's not the sharpest pencil in the box. He's he's just like your typical bald, um, like just kind of goofball. He goes, his monster's <laughs> daddy. So he has like big daddy cakes when people close. But the dude did 100 <laughs> transactions in his first 24 months. I mean, That's it's just funny. Ridiculous. I gave him permission to just be himself, and he's knocking mm -hmm. it out of the park. That, wow. let's, let's go back to that really quickly and talk about being your permission to be yourself. That's something that I think a lot of people – don't understand the concept of that because they still have this theoretical idea of I have to be, you know, suit and tie, high and tight, you know, super professional all the time. You know, can't bring your own personality out. 
but people don't want that anymore. And I think that that's one of the biggest revolutions that, uh, well, Hank, you obviously, you're living your authentic life. You know, this guy who you talked about, you know, he's living his authentic life and it's in it. They're not, you're not just surviving, you're thriving. So if, if unbox that a little bit, cause I want, I want you to give our listeners permission to be authentically them. How does that, what does that look like? Well, and, and I want to give credit where credit's due. Matt, I watched one of your videos, and, and through permission with you, um, we've kind of massaged uh, part of your thought process. And, and one of my coaching clients came up with Hank. So write down H-A-N-K. First, you got to be heard. And that's that's what a lot of people are doing is they're trying to cut through the noise so that they can be heard. And if you're not authentic, people can see through that like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once you're heard, you're authentic, you get noticed. And after you've been noticed by someone and you help somebody experience the results, they start talking about you. So then people are being introduced to you as a certain person or being of getting results. That's where you become known. Once you become known, it's a game changer. And yet so many people are trying to placate and be something else. And it's exhausting. And, Mm -hmm. And so when you stop giving so many fucks and you just show up to genuinely authentically help people and not try to be perfect and, and just say, screw it, I'm doing the best that I can, and genuinely help the people that you're working with get the results, and let your results speak louder than your resume. Mm -hmm. Most people wanna lead with their resume and and tell, 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 tell. What if you just let your results tell your story? Yeah, that's a a really good, I was listening to um, one of the guys in in the list uh, on HubSpot, I was going through all the different videos above us and listening to him today, and I forget who it was, but they started talking about, you know, instead of, you know, asking, you know, beating your clients or suspects over the head with, you know, hire me, hire me, hire me. The guy said, turned around and said, you know what, what I do is I just, cl- I just clobber my clients with value add until they ask for the next step. So what's better to beg for the beg for the job or have them begging to work with you by providing so much value? I mean, and, and, and again, being authentically you, that's it's it's it's, it's true because I've. Like you said, Hank, giving zero fucks when it comes to what other people's perception of you is. I mean, I took a two and a half million dollar listing in a shirt that said, what up, what's up, chicken butt? Because I walked in on Saturday morning and told my client I was going to be casual. So was he. Then I took a five million dollar listing in jeans and a T-shirt because I told the guy what I, who I am, what I'm about. And I'm casual. And he's like, cool, me too. And it's it's having the ability when you what was your first experience of you know, unbuttoning the tie and just becoming more Hank that we know now, was it scary? I remember, I remember exactly what it was, was um, I was, I just left the old company. I was under a non-compete. I was being hammered and, and my videos were sucking. Imagine being in a cold garage in Michigan where you have to turn the heater off because it's too loud when you're filming and it just, they just sucked. So after dinner one night, I'm like, fuck it, I got to go practice. And I went out with my hoodie and my hat backwards. First take, freaking nailed it. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? And and that's how the hat and hoodie came up was I was just me and the video connected. And from that day forward, I'm just like, fuck it. If I can pull this off where I can just be Hank, because truly I just want to help people, let's go for it. And life has been so easy since then because, and, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you swear and you cuss. And, And I do that just to show that I have nothing to sell you. There's no hidden agenda here. All I want to do is help you, and I care more about you than us being in relationship. And, Greg, you and I have experienced that. Mm-hmm. I've pushed on you where you said, you know, go fuck yourself. And <laughs> and yet I didn't need to be right, but I, I cared about you where I was willing to push the button a little bit. And I think that's what's made a difference is I truly don't care about us being in relationship, yet I do care about you as a human being. Yeah. 
you, 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 our first coaching call, it fucking made me cry. Literally. I think Hank was proud of himself. I'm sitting like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I found my coach. All right, cool. But now, I mean, now think about this too, though, is I, we decided not to coach together because I didn't feel like get, I didn't feel we had the same path for the outcome and I wasn't willing to participate because an ego thing, what coach is going to turn down a guys of your stature to coach, but I can help you get the outcome. I thought with, with where we're going. So I just, I said, no. And most people don't have the ability to say no, because one, they don't know their financial numbers Two, They're coming from scarcity. And three, I mean, you guys would be a big ego play to coach, right? Probably. I don't know. And, I, and I still you would be. But it just, I knew I couldn't get you the outcome based on how I wanted to go see it happen. So I said, no, and this is where real estate agents need to stop taking on fucking clients that you can't help because yeah. you look, yeah. you are advertising that you suck. Yeah, it's true. And you know, that's the one thing, you know, that day my energy went to shit because I was just like, I got, I got like deflated that, you know, Hank didn't want to work with me. Um, but then it, we, our friendship has never wavered. I mean, we've always been solid friends. I mean, there's absolutely, I could pick up the phone and call Hank and be like, dude, bro, I got to talk. He'd be like, all right, I got this time right here. I'm busy with the client, but I'll call you back right away. And it showed authenticity. And at that, at that point, that's where I gained the respect for Hank versus just a transactional or, you know, transactional, uh, relationship. And I think that a lot of people, if you're authentic with how you truly come into a relationship, like, hey, is it for the persons or for the opportunity of the ego player, whatever it's going to be, then date the smoking hot chicks who's a box of rocks. Is that really what you want? Or do you want to date another girl who's intelligent and that sparks you and really drives you to another level? Same thing with clientele. Um, don't do it for the ego. Don't take the $5 million listing. Take the you know, five $1 million listings and get them sold. They're not as sexy in my market, but you know what? It's what your wheelhouse is. And I, I, I can't stress enough that most people play off an ego. We all have egos at some level, right? Like yep. you were saying, I don't, I don't understand why it would be an ego play to coach me or Matt. We're both just a bunch of goofballs. But it, it's <laughs> we're a bunch of. But, but you're known within the within this space, right? So when you're known, it's like, oh wow, I coach these guys. Like, there's so much people lose more money because of ego than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that jumped out when I, when I went back and re-listened to a couple of things that we've done is you, you talked about interrogating your calendar for, for the things that you do that are for significance. And, and I can remember doing a lot of that. And I think that's part of my evolution as a, as a business owner and going from feeling like I, I wasn't well known in the space to, to all of a sudden being, you know, not, not famous, but reasonably well known in certain circles, you know, with, within the space. So I said yes to a lot of stuff. I think Greg and I both said yes to a lot of stuff that didn't actually end up making us money. Speaking gigs, you know, podcast interview, you know, stuff like that, that we really did out of the wrong motive. And that, that really hit me hard. If you're in phase one, though, when you're in phase one, food, shelter, and water, you might be doing things that aren't sustainable or don't work in the long run. Here's um, when you, you said something that sparked something is so many people are neutral. And when you're neutral, people don't remember me, remember you. When I walk into anywhere, I'll be anything but neutral. And, and yet every single person in that room will at least know of me, whether it's because I'm showing up with my hat backwards or I go to a pool party and nobody's in the pool, so I go to the pool. And, <laughs> and I specifically remember I was, at, I was at, a, at a company meeting and I was in the pool with one other dude and they're like, and, and this guy walks up to one of our senior board members and says, who's that guy? And she goes, oh, that's just Tank. He's awesome. You'll love him. 
<laughs> we ended up getting connected through the process when I was um, looking to sell my company to EXP. And we got on a phone call and he goes, Hank, I know you. And I said, how do you know me? He goes, you were in the pool and I was judging you. And I asked somebody who, who this dink ball was. And, <laughs> and I heard that it was you. Therefore, I was able to go and stalk you and realize you're a good dude. If I would have been mm -hmm. neutral and tried to just have it, you know, play it safe, he would have never known me. And that phone mm -hmm. call would have been completely different. Yeah, that's that's something. I read an interesting article, maybe not jumping in the pool. I'm assuming you had a swimsuit, not your, your full suit walking around with a cocktail. But I mean, there there is a an article that came out in Inman uh, the other day talking about how to do IG live, t, you know, IG the IG TV, and how sixty second little videos, up to two minute videos, have radically transformed her life because she's starting to stand out above the crowd, and you're standing out in in your way by getting into the pool. Um, are you are what is a is there any rules that you found? Well, I want to talk about Gene and Hank on this. Uh, or the, is there anywhere you shouldn't go to stand out? Um, because some people are going to be like, oh, I can't do this or that because it's not X, Y, Z, right? Are, are you seeing so, anything like that or just balls to the walls, do whatever, get, get, get weird and crazy? Real quick and then I'll head it off to you. Yeah, yeah. My old coach said it. Hank likes to do stunts. And when you do a stunt, when, you, when it works out, it works out really, really well and everybody celebrates. When you do a stunt and it doesn't work out, you look like a schmuck and you learn. So I think it's one of those trial and error things and what's at risk. So you need to know how much you're willing to risk with the stunt. Like I threw the president of EXP in the pool. Well, I whispered <laughs> in her and I said, hey, Stacy, can I throw you in the pool? She goes, you know you're gonna do it anyways. Yeah, I just spent two and a half hours with her talking one-on-one -on -one before that. So like throwing the president in the pool, I knew was going to be a stunt that would get all eyes of the company on me. But I also care about her, and one of her values was fun, so it was a calculated risk. Hmm. Interesting. But you better okay. back, but I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot we can dig into there. Sadly, we don't have the time to do it because we all have a hard out. Um, Gene, what's uh, what's on your mind? And then and then obviously, how can people connect with you? But you, you want to comment on that at all? Yeah, I'll just keep it real quick. I think Hank Hank hit it a couple times going through it. I, you got to stay in your lane and be authentic to yourself. So, like for me. I'm a, I'm a bacon suit kind of guy. Like I've, I'm more along the lines of, of Hank's personality than I would be like your buttoned up real estate agent. I can get away with that mm -hmm. stuff. People mm -hmm. sort of expect um, debauchery and, and, and crazy stuff out of me because I'm a goofball and I don't take myself seriously. Right. But so I can, I can get away with the fact that I'm going to be rocking a Gumby suit all next week. You know what I mean? Like people, <laughs> you, know, you follow me on that, right? Don't ask no. me why. Just, just, no. I'll be, I'll be rocking a Gumby, Gumby? Gumby as in the green stretchy dude, Gumby. Yeah, Gumby, yes. Okay, okay. Oh, do you know That's some so other kind of Gumby? That I, uh, I thought you said, like, I thought you pronounced it slightly differently as if it might be something else, like, a, I don't no, know, Philadelphia no, no, mobster no. or something. Okay. No, no you nailed okay. it. No, you nailed okay. it. Nailed it. Okay. But, uh, but I could pull that off. But if, if you know, some of our top real estate agents around here that have a serious demeanor try to do something like that, people would be like, what's the matter with this dude? He lost his fucking mind or what? Like, you got to sort of stay in your lane and be authentic to yourself, I think, is, is, is what I'm trying people to say. People snip it out if you're not. Oh, For yeah. For sure. Yeah. I've actually had people ask me why I didn't cuss when I was speaking for their event. And I'm like, what? They're like, well, why, why, why were you not being Greg? I'm like, because I, I, I'm a, I play a character on this, on this podcast. When in reality, when I'm in front of people, I'm not going to drop F-bombs in front of a, 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 you know, a respectable or group of folks. Get to know your audience. Yes, you respect that you're a respect guest the in the room. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Knowing the differences. But like you, yeah. like Hank, what you did, you asked, you didn't just grab the president and just toss her in. You're like, hey, dude, like, 
is it cool if I do this? Cause I want to, this could be fun. And she was cool with it. And it was, everything, everything was okay. You stayed within your boundaries, but for everyone else, it looked like you had crossed the line and everyone's like, <gasps> but reality, you're a cool cucumber. You're totally, you're in, you're in the good, you're in the go zone, man. That was awesome. I love how you kind of, kind of worked that in. Next time I, if I ever meet her, I'll be like, can I, can I throw you in the pool like Hank? Is that cool? <laughs> Hank, Hank said, here's what he didn't tell you. He said, this is going to be good for the both, both of us. <laughs> just, just let me do it. And you know what she said to him? I'm closing out. You know what she said to him? That's what your mother said last night, Trebek. <laughs> All right, Gene. Get the, get the hell out of here. All right, GeneVolpe.com. Yeah. I, I just want to make the point there was, it wasn't like I thought about that 36 hours before. It was in the moment, and it was the right vibe. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. think that's the difference is you can't – stuff like that, if you try to, like, stage it, it it's it's going to go off, and it's going to go off really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really yeah. bad. Yeah, um, that goes back to being authentic. You know, like that. that's – like, you you are that guy that pulls off stunts, not because it's calculated, but because you want to do them anyway, and you channel that into a, in, in a calculated way to get the outcome that you're going for. But that is part yeah. of your personality. And I've worked hard on my relationships where enough people know me where they're like, oh, that's just Hank, because they know how much all I want to do is add value to people. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's why I get away with a lot of the stuff is because I've added so much value into people's lives. They got my back. So when I go for negative and people say it is negative, people are quick, quick to jump in and defend me because of how much I've held people with no expectations that it's coming back. Right. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Let's wrap it up. Hank, what's the best way to reach out and connect with you? Um, just follow me on Facebook. I mean, the, the reality is, is um, I don't do well with relationships that I don't know. If if somebody reaches out to me and I'm not in a relationship, I'd rather reach out to one of you guys and spend that time there. And it's probably my biggest blind spot of why I started building a coaching team. And you guys know I'm against real estate teams. <laughs> so follow me on Facebook. If you see a, a reason to like one of my things or comment, like, Actually start trying to get into relationship before you come in and say, hey, let's go spend some time together. Listen, motherfucker, I don't have time for all the relationships <laughs> I have. I'm not just going to randomly jam with someone on, on a conversation. And I think if we started treating our real relationships like A's and, and reached out to them to jam, um, and, and if you're the dude that I said this to earlier, take it how you want, yet I'm focused <laughs> on helping my A's get what they want, focused on my B's. And I don't really care about people that I'm not in relationship yet, because if I just serve my relationships, I win. Mm, yeah. Serve your relationships and you win. That's a takeaway right there. We should have just made that the title. That, should, that would have wrapped it up. Matt, uh, where can they go rate and judge our show? Uh, well, they can judge it from the safety of their living room and, and their, their car. We call that car judging. They can, they can judge our podcast anywhere they like. If you'd like to rate and review the podcast, we'd prefer you go to Apple Podcasts and leave a nice review, including giving a shout-out to the guest, like Hank, for his time and his contribution. Uh, and then, Greg, what's the best way to reach out and connect with you? Guys, I want you to text me. Um, uh, text me at 925-915-1978. Let's set up a, uh, a call. Let's talk about if I can help you with some coaching, prospecting, or anything like that. Why is Hank waving at me? Why, Hank, why are you waving at me? Go join my group, 36 to Life, on Facebook. That's how they can connect with me. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If they follow you on Facebook, they'll find the group. You'll you'll yes, talk about the group. Exactly. Like it's a, yeah, he's gonna say Face, Facebook is where Hank is available. Yeah, oh, that's too funny. So guys, and then text text, text Greg to let's do, do what? Some let's do some coaching. I had a great coaching call last night. 
Um, let's do some prospecting, work on some scripts, have some fun there, see what we see what I can do to help your business grow a little bit. Uh, so 925, 915, 1978, we'll get something set up. So Matt, color, bow. I know what it is, but you can oh, it has to be orange. Ahead. Has to be uh, orange for 36 to life. I mean, come on, Hank is sporting it. We got to do it. Orange bow is being tied upon this episode. Let's do it. Dude, I actually was gonna, I was, gonna, I was gonna make it be orange no matter what. So I'm glad you selected mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, we love you to pieces. Thanks for watching the show. Like we said, go rank us. Give us a five-star review only. Uh, thank Gene. Thank Hank for coming on and dropping knowledge. Stock Hank on 36 to life. Do not reach out to him. He does not have time. But he does have time once you're in a relationship. So build the relationship first. Um, yep. And then call Matt at 402-619-1152. It's his personal cell. He will pick it up day and night. And it will serve you hand and foot no matter what. We love you guys. Thanks so much. Until next time. Peace out, ninjas. Let's go.